Good morning, everyone. With me on the line are folks from the Southeast Alaska Conservation Council. From the council is Executive Director Meredith Trainer and Tongass Program Manager Miranda Ham. Good morning, you two. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, good I hope you two have been able to stay dry this week, given all this rainfall. <laughs> so far, so good. So far, so good, good. But, so we've had members of SEAC on before, but I wanted to give you a moment to share the overall mission of SEAC. Tell us a bit about the organization and its vision. Sure. So the Southeast Alaska Conservation Council, or SEAC, uh, was started about 52 years ago here in Southeast. Uh, we were started to help address concerns that local community members had throughout Southeast Alaska um, about planned large-scale industrial clear-cut logging that was starting to happen in all of these different communities. And smaller groups organized at the time to figure out how to participate in the political process and provide feedback on a lot of the decision-making, which was coming from Washington, D.C., uh, and they realized they needed to coordinate and that they needed a little bit more power and strength to kind of make their voices heard. So uh, SEAC, as a council, Southeast Alaska Conservation Council, was formed to be kind of that convening group that helped make those voices reach all the way to D.C. And these days, we work as well on water and mining concerns, sort of making sure to protect Southeast Alaska's clean water. And then also on increasingly on climate change. So we are a locally birthed, locally supported conservation organization that works to protect the place that we all call home. Now, Meredith, I understand Miss Ham is new to your team. Uh, share with us a little bit about her. She is, yeah. So Miranda, Miranda Hom is our, our new Tongass Forest Program Manager. Um, Miranda lives down on Prince of Wales. We're really excited at SEAC. We've made some changes in the last few years, and we've added um, the ability for staff to work more remotely as long as they're in southeast Alaska. Uh, and Miranda's a longtime community member on Prince of Wales. I'll let her tell everyone a little bit more about her bio. But we're thrilled to have uh, Miranda on board. She was working for uh, the tribe down there for, before coming to work for SEAC and just knows a ton about the region and is also uh, quite the subsistence uh, person and does a lot of harvesting. And just it's been really fun to spend time with Miranda and talk about everything from mushrooms to deer. <laughs> we're glad to have we're you We're really on. excited to have her on board, yeah. And we're, and we're glad to have you on today, Miranda. But why don't we start by having you tell us about yourself. And I understand you had a meet and greet yesterday. Yeah. Hiya. Thank you. Um, my name is Miranda Hom. Um, like I said, I'm just getting on today to introduce myself and talk a little bit about the Unit 2 Deer Summit on Prince of Wales. Um, I am a lifelong resident of Southeast Alaska in a clinket from Cake, Alaska. Um, I was raised and still reside on Prince of Wales and within the traditional homelands of the Hunya Kwan. Um, I have a background in commercial fishing and tribal government, working specifically on local and regional environmental issues. Um, like said, through my lifetime, I have watched the transition of logging on Prince of Wales and now witnessing the transition to tourism and mariculture. Um, this week, I'm here in Juneau, attending the Southeast Environmental Conference and having a meet and greet yesterday. 
And I'm um, just happy to introduce myself and spend time with y'all and look forward to um, continuing our work together and our vision of improving Southeast and um, continuing to care for our land, waters, and resources like we always have. Before we get into the Deer Summit, I had wanted to ask you, since you're here from Southeast, what's your favorite part of working here? Getting out on the water and the land, um, just being immersed. It um, really is fulfilling, and that's where my passion drives. Now let's take up that Deer Summit, because I hear it's going to take place later in the year. What's the scoop? Yeah, definitely. Just to talk a little bit about the um, dates and stuff, too. Um, the Prince of Wales Unit 2 Deer Summit is going to take place in Craig, Alaska at the Craig Tribal Hall. Um, it'll be beginning uh, Thursday, October 13th at 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. and following through October 14th and 15th, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. both days. Um, I just wanted to mention, too, there is no registration required. This event is completely free. Um, and how can folks participate? So if you find yourself on Prince of Wales, um, it's an in-person meeting. Uh, we still do not have it solidified if we'll be offering a Zoom link. But if you find yourself on Prince of Wales, October 13th through the 15th, please come join us. Um, the summit's going to be offering uh, special presentations and discussions throughout the day, along with, like, a community dinner on Thursday and a special field trip to the Harris River Trail on Saturday. Well, it sounds like some of the planning is still underway, but what's some of the broad strokes of what will be discussed at this summit? Yeah, it, yeah, this is mostly just a save-the-date teaser. It still has a little bit of logistics going through, but... The ultimate goal of this summit is to gather community members, scientists, and land and wildlife managers and hunters to share information and discuss factors that influence the deer population on Prince of Wales, specifically in Unit 2, which encompasses Prince of Wales and the surrounding islands on the west side. And what have you been hearing regarding deer populations in that area? Well, for many residents on Prince of Wales, our um, sick of black-tailed deer is a main staple for many families. Um, it's common to hear about predation and habitat and regulation concerns from many residents. So hosting a deer summit on Prince of Wales is nothing new. This has happened in many times. And but this event, I feel, will be bringing more of the perspectives into habitat habitat and regulation. And do you see a need to visit some of the regulations on game? I see a need to visit some of the habitats and really look at what our deer need to survive through the winter. Um, as you may know, sick of black-tailed deer rely heavily on old-growth forests during the harsh winter months. Um, the older forest canopy cover prevents heavy snow from getting too deep and provides enough light for forage access to woody browse and shrubs. Mm. And I think the opportunity with the deer summit that's really neat is 
is the opportunity to hear from people who are accessing the land and who are hunting regularly um, about what they think deer need and about what they're seeing out there on the landscape. Uh, you know, I think um, I think all Alaskans probably hesitate when they hear more regulations, uh, but I think that the real opportunity here is to get a great turnout for that event and have a really robust conversation about what people are seeing out on the land because we know that folks that are getting out there, they're hunting, they're fishing, um, they're exploring, they're mushrooming, they're foraging, uh, that those individuals sort of have kind of like real first-person anecdotal knowledge of what's happening on the landscape as well as traditional ecological knowledge, uh, which gets passed down from generation to generation, especially for families like our Alaska Native families who might hunt and fish in the same places for many generations. So on on the hunters and the folks in that area providing their perspective on on hunting and regulation and what they're seeing out in the field what what do you see as what do you see as this summit where do you see the information from this summit going who do you hope will see these perspectives I hope many of the locals and hunters and uh, trappers are there to share their perspectives. I know with COVID, there's many concerns that have not been heard, and we haven't had many people come to the island. So this is a great opportunity to share those perspectives, especially with those hunters and trappers that are on the ground doing the work every day and what they see. I'm excited to hear their perspectives. And the information one more time. The summit will be taking place October 13th through the 15th uh, on Prince of Wales Island in Craig, Alaska at the Craig Tribal Hall. Very good. Meredith, is there anything you'd like to add? No, just that I hope that, um, you know, folks who are in Prince of Wales or who are in Prince of Wales around that time and are interested in this topic will, will get out and check out that event. Um, Miranda and many others have been working hard on putting it together. And, you know, we at SEAC, we just, we find it so important and also so productive and, and exciting for people when we can get together and talk about the issues that we find are affecting the foods that we hunt and we gather and fish, um, and also that are affecting natural resources uh, southeast-wide. You know, climate change is a factor. So, um, you know, these these town hall kind of events, these conferences like the one that Miranda's at now, and then also the summit like the Deer Summit are just really important, unique opportunities to hear from people uh, that may not, you know, traditionally think of themselves as associated with conservation, uh, but who have a close eye on the landscape in the way that Southeast Alaska changes over time. Well, we're going to go ahead and cut to a quick break. We'll be right back. We're back with the Southeast Alaska Conservation Council. Meredith Trainer and Miranda Hom join us on the line. I'm sorry about that first part, Miranda. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't quite get your name right there, so I'm glad I could fix that in the second part. No worries. So the general election is soon here in Alaska. What thoughts do you have as we're getting closer to that November general election? Yeah, thanks. That's a great question. You know, um, the midterm election is always incredibly important uh, here in the United States uh, for the way that it um, gets us sort of 
a perspective on how, you know, a presidential administration is doing and also how it shapes the Congress that that person works with. And um, I'm super excited for this upcoming election. You know, we at SEAC as a 501c3 nonprofit, we don't endorse political candidates. And so I won't go in that direction, but we definitely can talk about the issues and the positions that they're taking. And, you know, we're in such a interesting year. I don't think Alaskans have thought about the extent to which we're really making history right now with top four and ranked choice voting, which is, you know, was passed by ballot measure, I think, back in 2020. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for those who didn't participate in the political process uh, with the special primary and special election to replace uh, former Representative Don Young, uh, I think, you know, it's it's a really exciting time for people to to be able to engage in the political process and to think about getting out there and voting in November. Uh, and to be reminded, I think, that, you know, if you if you get a PFD, you're getting automatically registered to vote. So you don't even have to do that much work. You just have to show up on Election Day um, or do a, you know, a mail-in ballot as needed um, or pre-vote. I think pre-voting is going to be available for this election, but that should be double-checked. Mm-hmm. Um, but really exciting time, really important time uh, for those of us working in conservation because the Biden administration has made some bold moves in the last two years uh, on conservation and with significant impacts for Southeast Alaska. So we'll be interested to see how things shake out in November. And we hope that there will be a great turnout from Southeast Alaskans. And on the issues, I was wondering what matters you're monitoring over in SEAC when the candidates talk about uh, issues relating to conservation and land management. Yeah, absolutely. So as most Southeast Alaskans are well aware, because there was a lot of uh, work done to engage the public, uh, we just went through over the last few years a a quite substantial uh, roadless rule process, uh, which was uh, gestated, sort of created uh, back when former governor, current political candidate, uh, Bill Walker, uh, filed an appeal to the government saying that the roadless rule, a national rule, was unfair to uh, Alaskans and Alaska had negative economic impacts. And that created this whole enormous process that played out during the Dunleavy administration, uh, where we looked at whether the roadless rule, which says that you can't build new logging roads or do additional logging in what are called roadless areas, which is about 9.3 million acres of our nearly 17 million acre national forest, uh, that those roads can't be put in or developed. And so um, we just went through this huge process. Uh, You know, the Trump administration got involved. Uh, Famously, you know, Governor Dunleavy got on one of the Trump planes and got off the plane, and it seemed like there had been a bit of a redirection on on the direction the decision for the roadless rule was taking. Um, And ultimately, uh, the Biden administration came in uh, and decided to put a pause on the decision-making that was happening and have uh, another public process to kind of make sure we're going in the right direction on the rule. So it's been a really big, busy time. And I think, as a result, one of the things that we're looking for is, you know, more clarity about uh, what the status is of the rule going forward, uh, but then also to see some movement from Congress on, you know, the Roadless Area Conservation Act. And so for your listeners who aren't dorky policy wonks like I am, uh, you know, a rule is a regulation that's put in place. It's not a law that's passed by Congress or a statute that's passed by Congress. And so what the Roadless Area Conservation Act, which we support, 
would do is it would take that regulation, that rule, and it would move it into law. And it would really make it harder for just kind of any given governor or any given president to facilitate rolling back those protections, which I should add, Southeast Alaskans support again and again in incredibly robust numbers. You know, people want the roadless rule in place on the Tongass, you know, no matter what anyone tells you otherwise. There's been just outrageous support for keeping the national roadless rule in place. And on the roadless rule, there was an interesting uh, tidbit I had read recently, and that was from 2015 to 2020, the lower half of Southeast saw 22,000 anchors logged. And the interesting part there was that it was on lands that were transferred from federal ownership to private ownership. I wondered if that factors into how the roadless rule is changing. Yeah, that's a great question. So I think a key thing to know about the roadless rule and sort of all of those um, federal regulations is they apply on federal land. So when land is part of the Tongass National Forest, the roadless rule kicks in. Uh, What we're seeing more and more on the part of the state of Alaska in particular is sort of kind of a sneaky backdoor effort to transfer land to the state that they then go ahead and log or go ahead and development. Uh, And that's something that we're monitoring closely and that we're going to continue to monitor. But, you know, I think a lot of people, especially if you're not on Prince of Wales where Miranda lives, uh, a lot of people aren't aware that logging is still ongoing in southeast Alaska and that there's even still old growth in some cases being listed in sales. And that's important. And that really affects in particular the quality of life of people on Prince of Wales, many of whom have said, you know, enough is enough. Like, quit hammering our island. Uh, you know, we want we want to live with this forest. We want to access the resources here. We want to go be able to hunt the deer. And even on the last program we had with SEAC, we heard even the concerns of, well, we want to bring tourists here to Southeast. How might this impact the natural beauty in the area? That's right. Yeah. You know, and we used to say, um, and and I think it's still true that you know, we, cruise ship tourism has become so important and boat-based tourism has been so important, become so important for our regional economy. And no one cruises to Alaska to see a clear cut. And, you know, I think when, when a person hears that, they just understand that it's fundamentally true. You know, no, it's not something that we want to see in our landscapes. And for those of us who live here in Southeast, more importantly, it's not something we want to live among. And I think in the past, there were sort of a disproportionately powerful group of individuals that were pushing for uh, more clear-cut logging and were pushing for more development of the forest. And it was satisfying during the roadless rule process to see the public come out the way they did and really just, just show overwhelming support for keeping the rule in place. It was a good reminder of why public participation matters uh, and why who you vote for counts because, you know, once those people are in office, they're the ones that are going to make the decisions that impact you and your communities. Another good reason to get out the vote in November. Well, I am sad this program is only 20 minutes. There was other topics <laughs> I was hoping we could take up, but roadless, there's a lot happening there. Is there anything either of you would like to add before I close out the program? You know, I think just that we hope that people will continue to follow and engage with SEAC. We're going to have some start transitioning to some wintertime events for those people who are based in the Juneau area or passing through the Juneau area. So follow us on our website, which is www.seac.org, 
or our Facebook page. We also have a Twitter these days, getting caught up, so hip. Uh, so check us out, follow our events, come on out. Um, we do really fun things like Southeast Alaska Trivia Nights, usually at the Imperial downtown. Um, and we're just always happy to spend time with members and to get feedback and talk about the positions that we take because this is an organization that exists to serve Southeast Alaskans and protect our place. Well, thank you both for joining us today on the program. Can you cheese? Let's cheese.